Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Alliance Guys podcast. This is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance and the United Wrestling Network. I'm your host, Jay Cal. With me on the show again, two weeks back-to-back, we've got DKM. Hi. And Jaden. Hola. And guys, we're here to talk NWA. We're here to talk about NWA power and some of the going-ons that have been happening in the entirety of the National Wrestling Alliance. I don't know why I'm having so much difficulty lately saying National Wrestling Alliance. Maybe I should just stick to the NWA. You can't say that right either, apparently. Yeah, that was. I, I, I was winking at the camera on that one. That was done intentionally. Um, <laughs> well, you'll just have to watch the podcast now to find out, won't you? Uh, so let's something else. What was that? I bet you'll cover that up with something else. Yeah, there'll be a picture of you, buddy. Um, so let's get into it, right? Uh, another pretty successful week for the NWA. I mean, we had a a live event for the National Wrestling Alliance out in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Where they did, uh, they did a show with the Modest Brewery. Um, I love brewery wrestling, as you guys could see. Those of you watching at home, uh, I was at the uh, Iron Triangle Brewing Company when they did the Bumps and Bruises show. There is something to be said about watching wrestling at a brewery. You get some pretty cool backdrops, and uh, and I don't mean the move set; I just mean the the, the scenery. Um, but from the photos of the event, it looked pretty cool. Uh, the best way to see those photos, it's not like the NWA has been really uh, pushing out press releases about the show. Um, if you go to Instagram and just hashtag search Modus Brewery, you'll find a lot of the photos from the event. That's that's where I found them. And, and then, of course, hey, no news is good news, but we still have the national treasure, Nick Aldis. He is still your NWA World's Heavyweight Champion with a successful against against a successful defense against Brandon Gore. Uh, We also saw uh, Allison Kay successfully defend her title against ODB. ODB would be someone I would really like to see uh, in an NWA power ring. You guys with me on that one? Nope, not at all. (laughs) DKM? I like ODB. I always liked ODB. She was fun. Um, And then the biggest question mark that I have from the event, which, uh, you know, is kind of like an Arrowverse uh, flash sequence. Um, We split the multiverse. Now we have two timelines here. We have a timeline where the Rock and Roll Express won the tag team titles on October the 1st. So we have tag team champions still defending the titles on October 26th. How do you feel about the the uh, wild card still defending the tag titles, even though the world knows that the Rock and Roll Express won the belts. It kind of reminds me of when the Freebirds lost the NWA World Tag Team Championship before they ever won them. <laughs> Maybe there's something going on. I, I don't think, first of all, they, uh, the universe wanted us to actually divulge that information. Either that or maybe Hillary Clinton's trying to block you from talking. But... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a dumb idea. I just think it's a dumb idea. 
DKM, what are your thoughts? You can't do that this day and age. I'm sorry. That's idiotic. Everybody knows pretending like it doesn't happen is the utmost in not respecting the business. This isn't the day when you could have the Road Warriors lose to Breton Buzz Sawyer for five nights in a row, lose the titles all night, all the time, and then show back up with the titles because Buzz got fired. I mean, we live in a modern world. The Internet's out there. Anybody who falls in NWA knows who the champions are. Whether the people there did or not, who knows? But you know, it is just stupid. And the thing that really ups—I—I I, I don't want to use the word upset because it's wrestling. What am I getting upset about? But the thing that bothers me—I guess that's a better word—is that it's not like I'm breaking a spoiler alert right now. This isn't Jay Cow breaking the news. The Rock and Roll Express posted on Twitter. Hey, we won the tag titles. They put it on Instagram. So, and, and the NWA were sharing this stuff. It's not like this is late breaking news. It's not like we're, we're, you know, we're breaking the fourth wall. It's already been broken. The kayfabe has already been pushed aside. So it's like, uh, now you're going to try to squeeze that toothpaste back in the bottle and pretend like it didn't happen. I just, it's a little unsettling and it's very insulting if you ask me. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's just, um, in poor taste, in my opinion. It's insulting to the intelligence of the rest of the nowadays. It's it's just, it's up there with uh, a hundred five pound little pus, pudgy little pus bag dwarf uh, trying to be a big time superstar, and people jump uh, jobbing to him. <laughs> you're, you're throwing shade at AEW or uh, anyone in particular. Well, actually, unfortunately, that seems to be about 75% of independent wrestling nowadays. But, yeah, I'm throwing sure shit. is. Yeah, you know, so, I'm, I'm losing weight. So I'm down to like 190 pounds now. And there are still, uh, quote, unquote, wrestlers who, if I fell and tripped on, they, I'd pin them. Right. Okay. So so um, I, I didn't look uh, before the show started. But switching gears to, um, well, actually, before I get to that, we do need to talk about something that recently uh, was brought to light. Um, now, this doesn't involve Billy Corgan. This doesn't involve Dave Lagana. Hell, it doesn't even involve Bruce Tharp or the guys that owned the NWA uh, prior to Billy. But it does specify the previous, previous ownership. And that's uh, Rick O'Brien in NWA Virginia. Um, obviously they haven't been affiliated with the NWA for a while, but you guys heard the news. He got in trouble with the law for sex crimes with a child. Um, personally, as a father, that's disgusts me. Um, I hope the man rots in prison. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, Dave Marquez was quick to point out his hypocrisy where he used to, um, chastise fellow uh, members of the NWA board for their sexuality, and uh, and then something like this comes out. Um, obviously, I think we're all in agreement here that uh, pedophiles don't have any business belonging in professional wrestling. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to add to that? 
No, not really. Um, just maybe in prison they got to have somebody who wants to wrestle him. Yeah. It's just disgusting. I don't know. He doesn't deserve the airtime. Well, that's fair. So we'll move on to NWA Power. Power! Um, so the the I wasn't able to look up the results, uh, or excuse me, the uh, views prior to the show, but I did look earlier today. And already um, earlier this morning, they had 88,000 views for episode four of uh, the NWA Power prior to the uh the episode before this one was well over 200,000 the episode the second episode was close to 300,000 and the first episode was over half a million views already clearly this is a formula that's working guys i, I think people are buying in um i see mostly positive pieces about the nwa i mean we, you saw that the rock had commented on it and i'm not talking about ole anderson i'm talking about dwayne johnson uh you've got uh, other uh, other people from the WWE pontificating on it, like Corey Graves, and uh, I think I saw uh, I saw someone else from the WWE. I can't think of who it was. Uh, comment on the show's success and the the bre- breath of fresh air that it has. Uh, have you guys heard anything real negative about the show? I've heard people nitpicking, but not specifically anyone who just hates the show. I mean, but no, I've actually heard a few people starting to get a little um, complaining about it. More traditionalists are complaining about the, um, while the initial outings of it were a little bit more, at least recently they've said that it's becoming more goofy. I guess some of the very same things that I started saying last week. Um, But in general, though, I see way more positive comments. And right now, as of this very second, they have a hundred and twenty thousand seventy-five views for, for the episode four. Yes. So let's talk about it. Um, first thing we got was uh, Aaron Stevens out and about on the show again, and uh, again after last week's. Uh, God awful pirate movie, whatever it's called. Um, I'm at a loss for words. What What are you guys' takes on Aaron Idol, or excuse me, Aaron Stevens so far? As far as the wrestling guy that's out there doing the promos, I like him fine. Uh, I realize part of his character is, you know, being a movie star. Stay away from this pirate thing <laughs> stop showing clips or yeah whatever. just <sighs> stop the silliness I guess that would be my thing Jaden if he was the only silly thing that was going on it might be you know it might be fine but he's one of many unfortunately of the silliness going on so it's just it's over. It's overdone, and it's too much. And again, it's something that I would see on primetime wrestling. I think this might be some Vic McMahon influence sleeping down to uh, to a former employee. I guess I don't know. Hmm. So what happened next, DK? Why don't you lead us a little bit tonight? 
I left my notes at work. <laughs> Bullshit. No, if I hey, look, if I didn't have to drive like an hour back to get them, I would have. But then that would have delayed this whole podcast thing. So uh, I decided we well, try the, to wing it. What the actual beginning of the episode was was actually an interview. We start off with James Storm. Oh well, see, then, see, thank you. And then E. Lie Drake, DKM's secret cousin. Um, he was he came out and started stirring some shit, and then Kelk Boom Boom Cabana came out. And then right. the dealer himself, Nick Aldis. And it turned into a future angle, something going on with a six-man main event uh, where they're going to choose partners. And uh, it's Eli Drake and his partners. And no, James Storm. Much his, I'm James sorry, Storm and James his partners. Storm, that's right. James Storm and his partners. And Cole Cabana and, and the uh, dealer himself, Nick Aldis, they pretty much confirmed they're going to be teaming, and we're not sure until later who that is. Um, and then right now, Nick Aldis says that, you know, if if their team wins, Colt gets a national championship match. If Colt's team – I mean, if uh, Storm's team wins, then they, Storm gets a shot at the world title, but he has to give up the national championship, and I hate that. To me, it devalues the national championship that they would just give that up to get a shot. He's a champion. He deserves the shot anyway. He should theoretically be able to say, look, I'm the champion. I'm the number one contender. I should get a shot no matter what. I shouldn't have to do this. You know, in all reality, it came more across of, I I know it's supposed to come across like Eli Drake was playing things around and getting a bunch of people to hurt each other and do a bunch of things, but it came more across as Nick Aldis was afraid of Storm and he was manipulating things to maybe eliminate Storm as a future challenger. We kind of saw this in all this before, back with the Cody Rhodes issue. Yes. You know, when it was kind of like, well, if for you to get a shot, you got to give something up or put something on the line or blah. Yes. This yes. And it's like, no, that's not kind of the way this works. People don't give up their secondary title to challenge for the world title. People don't put something on the line so they face the world champion. Yes, the world champion is the one that always has something to lose. That's part of being the world champion. Every night you're going out and facing a top challenger who can take the title away from you. That's why you're the best. Right. When Harley Race held that belt, he used to say, he goes, I'm the best wrestler in the world, and this belt right here proves it. I think I think the exact quote was God's green planet or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Great wrestler on God's green planet. Yes. So I'm with you guys 100%. Now, two things. First off, you guys know I, I love Nick Aldis, right? I mean, I'm a big proponent of the national treasure. But two things. One, he doesn't need two nicknames. I don't want to call him the National Treasure and the Dealer. Let's stick to one, guys. It's a little hard for me to keep up. I'm not the sharpest knife in the toolbox. You know what I'm saying? The second thing is, why is everything so convoluted with Nick Aldis? You brought up the point with Cody. Hey, Cody, you bring that Ring of Honor title, and we'll do a title for title. Well, that didn't happen. He still got his match. But then on the rematch, hey, well, Cody, 
I'm challenging you, but let's make it two out of three falls to see who the best man is. Because again, it had to be convoluted. Then when he, uh, when he finally, he wins the title, he finally goes to, to, to Tim Storm and says, Hey Tim, you can have a shot at the title, but you're just going to have to put up your opportunity to ever challenge for it again. Convoluted. Why, why all this rhetoric? Why all this stuff? Why can't we just have a wrestling match? And to your point, is he pulling some strings? Maybe Nick Aldis has too much power on NWA power. And, and I always have been against a commissioner or a on air uh, figurehead, but maybe it's time the NWA introduced somebody to pull the strings back on Aldis, who seems to be running roughshod and, and, you know, telling people when he's going to defend the title, who he's going to defend the title against. It's like, uh, you know, we still don't even have a number one contender yet. And the pay-per-view is on December 14th. They haven't officially announced an opponent yet for Nick Aldis. You know, some of this goes yeah, back. It's... Some of this reminds me of an old Mid-South angle in which uh, basically I think it was Butch Reed kind of at the last moment put the North American title up against uh, Magnum TA who then – won the title and then put it up when he was challenged by Nikolai Volkov or some Russian of the time <laughs> and won the title. And then, you know, Bill Watts came back later and said, you know what? The wrestlers don't make the matches. The matchmakers make the matches. Right. And so last we had the, you know, Delton brothers say, well, you know, we'll face anybody except for outlaw Inc. Who was challenging us or whatever. Right. Lagana, somebody needs to come out and, I think, remind the wrestlers they're not the ones in charge. Right. Uh, he's the one that puts the matches together, They and they wrestle for the reasons of it's what's best for the NWA instead of best for business. But, Caden, right. well, the, the board of directors or the championship committee or the uh, executive director or whoever it's going to be should decide who's the champion and who's, I mean, and who gets the shot at the championships and who faces who the matchmaking committee um, get, yeah, these guys don't make it. And yes, if it's, if it was actual sports, they could refuse to sign a contract to the belt. If they really wanted to, if they're a champion, you know, right. or if you go with the old fashioned rules of the top 10, you can a champion can defend against anybody in the top ten, but the higher they rank, the more money he makes for the defense. So, you know, they they should just do something where they establish who the packing order is, and then, you know, these people get matches. And there should be wins and losses should matter. I mean, AEW claims that happens, and I haven't seen it yet. And but if the wins and losses matter, that should determine who's the challenger, not. Uh, who wins a six-man match or who um, Nick Aldis wants to face. It should be, you know, there's a, a pecking order decided by wins and losses and what's going on there, and then that determines the champion. Right now, the only undefeated tag team that's, uh, that we've seen so far is the Dawsons. They should be number one contenders to the tag belts based on that. I mean, hard to argue against that, I should say. Um, yeah. There. Yeah. So I think we're all in agreement that somebody needs to uh, 
intervene on behalf of the viewer and give us some sort of direction because champions shouldn't be able to call shots. I mean, this is the NWA, and the NWA has been around for, what, uh, 71 years now? Um, there was a rank and file at some point, and maybe a return to that would be beneficial. So what happened next, uh, Jane? What, what else happened? Well, right after that, they had um, a bunch of bad commercials. We'll start with that. <laughs> and then uh, they recapped what's going on with the whole Camille thing. But my favorite part of that afterwards is they actually brought in Trevor Murdoch and they gave him a promo and he came across somebody who with had passion and somebody who wanted to be there. Yes. Unfortunately, that kind of got ruined when they brought in Black Bart Jr., a.k.a. Josephus. <laughs> um, he, Josephus was suspended for the powder incident. Right. And again, somebody decides, hey, I don't think he should be suspended. I must have the power to unsuspend him. So they ended up having a match that somehow became official without anybody doing so. They just decided to have a match, and then there it is. And then um, Trevor Murdoch won. But during the – if you wonder why I don't believe Josephus has what it takes to be part of the NWA and be featured, just watch that attack. It's horrible. It's so amateur. He just stutter steps into it and doesn't put anything behind it. If Trevor Murdoch wasn't as good as he was, he probably wouldn't even know that he was supposed to what was supposed to go on and, and run into the 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 um, post. He just he's the one wrestler on the one who, out of everybody in the thing that just does not belong, looks the most minor league. His, his punches, his strikes, everything. It's just so 1980s bad independent wrestling looking stuff. I don't know who trained him. He should. They should probably give him their, his money back because he just does not look like he belongs. Everything he does is so, I mean, so incredibly inferior to everybody else on the on the show. It it actually turns out he's a product of the old uh, USWO, um, Tennessee Wrestling. They had connections to the NWA on and off for many years. Um, I, I don't know exactly who trained them, but I think that was LT Falk's promotion out there in Tennessee. Uh, DCAM. Well, speaking of Falk, grab one of those tire irons and hit him in the head and <laughs> take him out of wrestling. <laughs> tire irons. Tire irons. DK, did you want to add anything to the match between uh, Josephus and uh, Trevor Murdoch? I like Trevor Murdoch. Glad he won. <laughs> uh, I'll make this comment on Josephus. Now, I've seen him for a long time. And, you know, there was a period of time where he wrestled as Josephus Brody. And, you know, he had a Bruiser Brody type gimmick and everything. And it fit him a little bit better. Just kind of being a wild brawler and stuff like that. Right. Uh, he wrestled for NWA Saw, if you guys remember them. Yep. Uh, he even won, even won the Southern Heavyweight title. Hmm. And uh, Did he beat Jeremiah Plunkett for that? I don't remember who he beat for it. I remember he lost it a short time later. Uh, 
and it may have been uh, I want to say Chase Owens. He either won it from or lost it to Chase Owens. That's interesting. This was kind of back when Smoky Mountain and Saw was doing a small crossover. Right. And, uh, you know, the, that character fit a little bit. It worked for what it was. He does not, like Jaden says, he doesn't fit here. And we can ramble on forever about that. So next. Well, let's, let's, let me talk a little bit of positive here on this because Trevor Murdoch, I, I just want to go to what Jaden was saying. He came out with some power. He kind of came out, no pun intended, sorry. He came out very passionate about being a part of the NWA and that he was fighting for a contract. Now, they didn't really explain fighting for a contract. Like, I I thought everyone there had a contract. I mean, I I know at the press conference that Billy Corgan said, like, the shows would uh, rotate rosters in, talent in, and so maybe, maybe that's what was implied. Trevor Murdoch was wrestling for a deal so he would be there exclusively with the nwa um i'm just glad to see him i think i think with this crowd trevor murdoch is a-okay with us and i'm glad to see him on my tv every week the little things right trevor murdoch is an old school style wrestler trained by harley race he's been in wwf or wwe he's he, he was in tna um i hope the nwa does become a home for him i hope Maybe he and, and Colt can maybe lock up for the, uh, excuse me, maybe him and James Storm can lock up for the national title uh, sometime down the road. Yes, and that's alternate universe. That might be a great match. But <laughs> if they're going to rotate talent, maybe they should rotate Josephus out. Uh, <laughs> the true question mark is whether he has any talent at all. <laughs> After that was the was the Aaron Stevens segment. And it was awkward. It was incredibly awkward. Ricky Starks came across as kind of a star in his first appearance. And this appearance, he came across of a guy who had no idea what he was saying or doing or it didn't work. Um, Darren Stevens, which I'm sure a lot of people wanted to do. I know DK probably does. But yeah, I don't know. It's He came across as somebody who didn't have an idea what he was going to do when he came out and he tried to improvise and it just didn't work. Hmm. What's your take, DK? Well, one of the things about studio wrestling, and, you know, Billy said this, you kind of have to stand on your own. You have to to go out. uh, Just to get a comment in on the commercial. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. It's it's kind of in bad taste in this day and age. Uh, And also, more importantly, this is some of that silly shit that Jaden and I have been talking about. Right. You know, the first, the first episode or something, you go, oh, and that's neat, or oh, that's funny, or whatever. The fourth episode, you're going, you can stop this now. You know, it it was funny the first time you told the joke. The 28th time, it's just not funny anymore. But getting back to the show itself, we go to a match that I have some mixed feelings about. We go to a no-DQ match between the Dawson's and uh, Outlaw Inc. with yes. the, the Wild Cards, who were the actual World Tag Team Champions at that time, uh, watching from uh, ringside. And it was a notice qualification match. 
And the match wasn't anything special one way or the other. I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But I found it odd to have a no disqualification match in a studio wrestling show. It just didn't work for me. Uh, I, I don't know. Jaden, what do you think? I kind of understand where they were going from, but whatever happened to the, the, the guys winning uh, squash matches? I mean, is that one week now they win one squash match and now they're stars? Uh, there's not enough time. There hasn't been enough time for Al Zinc to get over and beat up some people and showcase their moves. If we're supposed to care about the Dawsons, there hasn't been enough time for them to showcase what they what they can do with like enhancement talent. Um, it immediately went from trying to build stars to how is anybody going to be a star if everybody's a star? Right. And you know, and and then they're going into the match. It's it's the what is this the fourth night or the fourth uh, taping or whatever, and yeah. it's too much too soon. It's um back in the old days, which is supposed to be based off of, they they would go ten weeks television before they would even have their first house show, and they would do ten weeks of nothing but squash matches and and uh, stuff. If they could have got something over at the interview podium, I mean, it was done very well. On the first night with uh, with Wild Card and now Long Inc., they could have keep inst- and have these guys you know win squashes and then do a little brawl at the end or something like that. Um, all it did, in my opinion, was kind of make the tag team division look weak because here's uh, your new tag team that you're trying to push and your tag team that's been around that's got incredible lot of talent and you're already just blowing your load right away. Free television. Yeah, I mean, okay, so here's where where I sit on it. Um, being there in the audience, like, we wanted to see the Dawsons get killed. Like, we had had enough of their shit already. And so I kind of see the point of why they had the match. And, you know, especially with the ending, it certainly kind of pushed that more and more like, aha, Dawson's got another victory. Um, I don't remember exactly the order they shot the show. And I believe this match might have happened uh, taping-wise a little bit later than what it aired. I could be wrong. Those were some long hours of TV. We basically were in the studio from like 6 to almost 11 o'clock at night. So um, a very long time in the studio. And they did shoot nine, hour, uh, nine hours of television. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if some things air out of order that they were shot. But... Um, yeah, I think they rushed it. I, I think it happened too quickly. Um, I think they sh- definitely would have benefited from more build. And, of course, much to to your point, Jaden, who who are the stars here? Who who are they establishing? And, uh, you, you know, the Dawsons would have benefited more from a few more squashes. Uh, Coming up next, trying to remember, sorry, there was the big, long brawl. And then, oh, yeah, then the – there was a segment with the question mark. Again, the question I want is why would they want to waste their time putting this on television? But um, I, I don't know. Sorry. It's just stupid. Uh, then they recap what happened with Allison Kay and her women's challengers. They showed the debut of Marty Bell and they showed the match, be- little you know, highlights of the match between. Um, and I can't remember the other girl's name. Ashley Vox. Ashley Vox. Yeah. Ashley Vox. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then they went into the match, and instead of putting over challengers, Allison K put them down. So yes. basically, you know, if she put them down, basically saying "I beat you," but then it means that doesn't mean anything because nobody, right? You know, she very condescendingly did it too. And then Marty Bell had a decent match with Ashley Vox. It was it wasn't bad. Um, I don't think they either of them came out looking stronger. And then uh, no. Thunder Rosa came out with the drums playing. <laughs> they did not play the did drums in that? the studio. What was that? No, there were no dr- there were no drums in the studio. That was uh, that-, that was aftermarket produced. Yeah, that's the thing they've been doing on our promos is they've been playing the drums as they show her putting on her makeup or her face paint or war paint. Yeah. Um, I I guess that's something. Whatever, it's different, you know. I like Thunder Rosa. I keep wanting Carla Rosa Negra, but um, I like Thunder Rosa a lot. And yeah, <laughs> and I think her, the, her look and her talent is a is a. I don't know if Allison K handpicked Thunder Rosa to be part of this, but she did pick. Marty Bell, who's got some impact wrestling experience, right? And Ashley Vox. Um, is this just favoritism getting your people on the, the the TV and the instead of somebody who could you know maybe be a little bit better in the spot? Well, again, it seems like the champions are the ones that get to play the cards, right? They're they're picking their own opponents. They're they're stacking the roster. They're deciding when and who they'll face for the uh, when they'll defend their titles. Um, DK, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this match, Ashley versus Marty. Well, again, like we talked about at the beginning, and you just covered the champions are calling the shots. I don't know how you get over wrestlers when the champions out there just insulting them that way. Right. I mean, Rick Flair would come out and he might point out that he was the best, but he would also kind of put over his opponents enough to show that you know, I beat these guys and these areas are good and that's why I'm the best. Right. Proves I'm better. And this is kind of like... You gotta beat the man. Or in this case, woman, yeah. And this is kind of like, you know, none of you are really worthy of a title. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we have a recording of DKM doing a female voice because that was epic. You're welcome. (laughs) But anyway, and then... And something I really didn't get, really didn't get to the all. <laughs> was Ashley What's that, Brady? Right. <laughs> was Ashley Good job, Vox, Peter Brady? <laughs> was Ashley Vox winning? Because yeah, now you're kind of in that WWE 50-50 booking. Okay, Marty Bell came out and won one. Now she's lost one. Ashley Vox wrestled the champion and lost, but now she's beat Marty Bell. Uh, we saw right. that. With Trevor, we saw that with Trevor Murdoch. Well, and then and then to me, like uh, the most. So being in the audience and I'm sitting there watching it, right, and, and I had the same feeling as both of you is, wow. Number one. I love the amount of shit talking Allison K does. It's great. It fits her character. Pinky's up talking shit. That's what she does. I get it. But then 
right to her supposedly best friend's face. Hey, I love you, but you don't belong in the ring with me. To me, that was some savage, savage stuff. And then uh, apparently she was 100% right because Marty Bell lost to Ashley Vox. The one who couldn't get the job done, who already had a match, wasn't for the title, but had a match and couldn't get the job done. And then thank God for Thunder Rosa. Thank God she's here to save us, you know, save us, underscore Thunder Rosa us, because honestly, the women's division is lacking. It's lacking. And uh, Allison Kay, I think, is a great champion, but she needs some higher-end competition. Earlier when I said ODB, because to me, ODB is a step up between of Ashley Vox or Marty Bell or any of the other broads that they've brought in so far, I'm not impressed. I personally, I was hoping for my girl Ruby Rays to show up. Obviously, that didn't happen. But I, I would love to see what Thunder Rosas is going to do. And it, it, it was weird. Did you, did you guys pick up on that weird vibe where she was reaching out to Marty Bell? She put her hand out there, and Marty just kind of stormed out of the ring. Well, first of yeah, all, there's like, supposed to be the lines of friendship. I didn't understand that part, but I, I do want to say this one thing real quick. Um, sure. The views expressed by Cal J when he used the term broads is Cal J's alone, and he should be contacted directly and not the entire Alliance guys. Thank you. Yeah, Cal they don't J. like to be called broads. These chicks don't like to be called broads or, <laughs> or anything like that. So you shouldn't do that. I was too. just. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't call them girls because a promoter out here locally got in a lot of trouble for calling the women's wrestlers girls. So I want to make sure I showed them some class and respect and call them broads. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to respond to that at all. But <laughs> I, I like Thunder Rosa. I'm glad she's there. <laughs> and But getting to Jay's point, I think they missed the boat in an opportunity here with Marty Bell. If she gets another, she got a win last time, and she gets a win this time. You know, you start building her, right? And, you know, this is how you build them. They win, right? And then the champion is forced to go. Well, okay, you know, uh, you know, they deserve a title shot, even though they should be the one deciding it. But you know, it's then it's obvious. Then the fans accept they should be just you know get a title shot because right now we're left with. Who deserves the title shot? Well, no one. Right. Everybody, and everybody, everybody's so so, and even Thunder Rosa until she gets in the ring and beats up everybody, which she will. I'm sure she will, but you know, but until that happens, as of right now, there's no, you know, there is no challenger. So, main event time. We've got a six-man tag. We've got uh, James Storm, who comes out with who? The wild card. A champion picks champion. Okay. um, So, Latimer. Latimer? Yeah. Thomas Latimer and Royce Isaacs, along with James Storm, come to the ring. And they take on, um, of course, uh, Colt Boom Boom Cabana. 
our NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, the National Treasure, Nick Aldis, and Mr. Henderson. Hey, did you notice who was missing? Say that again. (laughs) Did you notice who was missing? Who did I forget? You didn't forget anybody, but, you know, the person who's out there during the interview stirring up half this crap was Eli Drake. Oh, yeah, he's the puppet master. I'm telling you, man, he's pulling these strings, man. He's making these guys jump. And uh, that 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 wasn't lost on me. Um, if anything, he would have. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. We're trying to determine who is face and who is heel, right? Because the actions are always going to speak louder than words. Now, now, James Storm isn't a heel per se. I mean, he he beat the shit out of uh, Josephus. That's a face move for you guys. Um, he came out asking for a title shot. So far, hasn't done anything heelish. And then he got partnered with the tag team champions who, I mean, up until last week, they hadn't done anything heelish or up until this episode where they attacked the Doss or attacked, well, both the Dawsons and the Outlaws. So they're kind of heels. And then you've got Nick Aldis who, you know, as far as the show is concerned, he's been nothing but a baby face but he's kind of a little manipulator. And then you've got Cabana, who's definitely a baby face. He hasn't done anything heel, except he came out and emulated James Storm so that Josephus could work out some sort of issues. I don't know. And then you've got Ken Anderson, who's mostly just a baby face so far. And the guy pulling the strings, we don't know what Eli Drake's motives are. I mean, you can kind of tell, but you're right. He wasn't there. We don't know who's face or heel in this show. And I think that, you know, I know they this is a modern day wrestling, so they like to go with the tweeners. But personally, I want to have a baby face I can cheer for and a heel I can boo. What do you guys think? The only person that's really just completely booable is Josephus. And unfortunately, it's the wrong kind of, <laughs> it's the wrong kind of heat. But um, yeah, it's true, though. <laughs> there, there are, are the Dawson's heels, then why are Latimer and Royce attacking them? Are the Outlaws Inc. heels, or why are Latimer and Royce attacking him? The only people that seem to be true baby faces, Jim Cornette. Oh, not on his last Twitter post, but let's let's move away from that. Let's get back to the wrestling in the ring. Um, DK, now, what did you think of this matchup, the six-man tag? Uh, the matchup was fine. They it, See, this was a good TV main event. Yes. And I think part of what we were talking about earlier with Jaden, the squashes and everything like that, and I kind of understand where we're going. We need the squashes for most of the episode, and then we need a decent TV main event. And this was a good TV main event. So we're back in the main event. Um, anyway, it's a good television main, main event. Uh, again, we kind of had the goofy rules, you know, as far as getting Colt Cabana a title shot. At least he got the pin. I don't think anybody was hurting the match as far as winners or losers. No. So, Jaden? No, I get it. It was a good team main event. I love the way the NWA Tag Team Championships looked when this came out. I don't know why. I don't know if there's something different about it, but the way they shined looked very good on television, more so than the, even the the world championship or the national championship. It's just, they look very good. Um, nobody looked bad. Everybody did got their spots in. 
Uh, I think if anybody, Kennedy probably took them. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Make sure you tune in next week for more of the Alliance Guys podcast. I'm your host for DKM and for Jaden. This is Jay Cal, and we'll see you at the matches.